Attention! The movie guys love movies. Any comments made about an evil capitalist who launches the 1% into space while the rest of the world wallows in poverty are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Richard Branson? That Richard Branson will rethink his life. <laughs> That'll teach him. We told him. You don't mess with the movie guys. He's going to come after <laughs> you. Richard Branson. <laughs> he could shoot us into space. He has that much money. Exactly. We, even, we don't want to. It doesn't matter if we Would want to. Would you want to go into space? No, I'm saying he could just come in here, buy us, and shoot us into space. Oh, I know what you're saying. While um, we're doing the show. Sure. Uh, welcome to the Movie Showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guys empire. I wake up in the morning and I piss excellence. <laughs> You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with rants, sketches, previews, characters, jokes, bits, special guests, and more. Music going in and out, it's all crazy. You can expect that in the next hour or so as we broadcast from the Admirals Club in beautiful Burbank, California. Uh, the show is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. And if you'd like to see the show, it's a video podcast too. You can head on over to YouTube. And show note, you can also now catch us on badtomato.fm on the old interwebs. Ah. 4 p.m. on Fridays. That's our show. Uh, also on Bad Tomato, The Hater Nation. Yes, our good friends, definitely. The Hater Nation. Good friends. Now search the movie showcast or the movie guys on YouTube would come right up. Paul Preston here with Lee Kias, Karen Volpe, and Adam Witt. Later in the show, we'll be talking to our special guest, actor David Maddy. Friends call him Big Dave. And we have a huge weekend of movies on paper, at least, with at least four big releases, uh, including the Haves versus Future Matt Damon in Elysium. Uh, we're the Millers, where Jennifer Aniston is blazingly hot, and something else probably happens. The Elvis impersonator of Pixar films, Disney's Planes. And later in the show... The only thing that has the power to save our home is the Golden Fleece. It's in the sea of monsters, but the humans called the Bermuda Triangle. That look on your face was correct, Karen. Oh my God, who makes these things? I love that they're bringing back the Bermuda Triangle. And the Golden Fleece. I know, remember the orange books when you were a kid in the library? They'd be like Bermuda Triangle, UFOs, Bigfoot, famous monsters. Loch Ness Monster. Loch Ness Monster, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember those. I remember all the TV specials. There were specials oh, about yeah. every one of those all the time. Well, in Search of with Leonard Spock, Nimoy. Yeah. Oh, in search, there was a whole yeah. episode of In Search of. Oh, God, you could just watch Bermuda. hours of the Bigfoot In Search of. I could watch that forever. And now it's back for kids. I watch. I guess. Yeah. I watch uh, Finding Bigfoot, Searching for Bigfoot, Finding Bigfoot. That's uh, the one with the squatch. Squatching. Squatching. I will Squatching? watch. I yeah. will watch that every time it is on, and they're not going to find shit. Well, this <laughs> is the greatest thing. There, there, there's this guy that is convinced there's Bigfoots, and he has Sasquatches, <laughs> squatches, Big feet? the Yetis. And, is that the same thing? Uh, uh, yeah, and awesome. but but there's like no, uh, is, there's nothing convincing about what he's saying. He's just telling the scientists like. Uh, he's frying up bacon, and he's like, "Oh, they, uh, squatches love bacon. They love the smell of bacon." <laughs> and you're like, "Okay." Squatches. How do they know this? How do they know this? And then he'll show some videotape. The greatest one was there was this videotape where these people are like, "Well, we were camping, and we had our our cooler out there, and then all of a sudden the beer was gone." Which means your friends drank your beer, but they're like, so we think it's an animal. And then they had this weird uh, video that was all grainy and pixelated, but it could have easily been one of their friends taking a beer out of the cooler. So squatching, is that a verb? When you go out to squatch? Yeah, squatch. When you're hunting, yeah. squatch. I think they coined that, it. That's almost as good as the Loch Ness Monster. I love the Loch Ness Monster. 
there's just something so exciting to think about the fact that it could exist because yeah, it's it a really deep lock from like maybe it's a dinosaur. <sighs> I love that. Those myths were so exciting. I they do, don't have those anymore. Do I do want no, to bring apparently. up... Uh, they do in theaters. The, the Golden Fleece. We can go see that. Well, this is very apropos because right now it's Shark Week on the oh, Discovery Channel, is which I want to go on record as being the first to say Shark Week has jumped the shark. Oh, no. Oh. It has totally jumped <laughs> really? the shark. Yes. I remember as a kid or younger man in college, I think, is when Shark Week first came yeah, out. Yeah, they didn't have internet or what cable the when cable, you were a kid. Yeah. So when I was in college, though, I think when Shark, Work, Shark Week was first launched, and my sister and I, every summer in August, we'd honker down for a week, and we'd watch the same three hours of footage that they have yes. that they programmed the entire week with. <laughs> and it's just some nutty Australian couple that invented a mesh suit that yep. the shark would bite on. Same doc. Right? They you would watch that, that before Jaws on TV. Now it's just this overproduced reality bullshit, fake drama, contrived tension and did they interview uh, the sharks in like a s- separate camera well, I, yeah. was, I saw him swimming I saw his feet and I really <laughs> I was like him. I'm gonna go up there and they take him into the shark cage confessional yeah. and they're yes. like well you Jabberjaw know. comics yeah. they ever show Jabberjaw cartoons oh that would rock if they did Jabberjaw <laughs> they should so yeah it's very disappointing hopefully Percy Jackson will bring it around for me right, enough of this nonsense on to new nonsense before right. we get to the Percy mm-hmm. Jackson bit uh, there are so many summer movies we don't want to waste any time uh, this weekend's box office front runner as far as I'm Ooh. concerned yeah. It's the second Friday of the month, which means it's time for another end of the world film. Ah. Adam, let's talk Elysium. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Elysium. Fast, effective relief for constipation. <laughs> okay, it doesn't actually relieve constipation. It's the new Matt Damon movie. Well, then maybe it does actually relieve <laughs> constipation. But uh, that's a, a wonderful side effect to this uh, new sci-fi thriller. It's science fiction. Very big with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Fans of Oblivion, get ready for the Earth to suck again with Elysium. Another bold vision of a dystopian future from Neil Blomkamp, the director of District 9, which I think we can all agree we should watch again because... <laughs> Don't we? We remember loving it, but we haven't watched it since now, have we? No. Okay. I haven't seen it at all. In the year 2154, only the rich will have food, health care, and extravagant homes. And the poor will be hungry, sick, and live in shitty neighborhoods. Just try to envision such an apocalyptic (laughs) hellscape from your apartment in Detroit waiting for Obamacare to kick in. (laughs) All this rich, well-to-do living takes place on an off-Earth space station called Elysium, from the Latin meaning Orange County. (laughs) Matt Damon plays Max DaCosta, a factory worker who is one of the millions of downtrodden souls subjected to the living hell back on Earth that is Los Angeles. Because if movies have taught us anything, it's that L.A. really sucks in the future. (laughs) Now, the idea that life sucks for the poor won't require much suspension of disbelief. That Matt Damon lives among them might. Now, when Max gets an illness, he has just five days to get to Elysium. To do this, he has a robotic exoskeleton fused to his body, turning him into Robo-Matt Damon. Nice. A a creature with ten times the charm and acting range of the original Matt Damon. (laughs) And who may be future mankind's last hope to get Ocean's 25 made. The Daminator. Damon, Damon plays an ex-con who steals the identity of a successful businessman in order to sneak into a foreign land so that he can get access to better health care. Oh, wait. That sounds familiar. Oh, yeah, right. They're called dreamers. <laughs> the only things standing in the way are Jodie Foster's calves, <laughs> who played Delacorte, the head muckety-muck of Elysium. 
Head Muckety Muck being future speak for Secretary of Defense. Robo Hunt. Okay, thank you, we got it. She sends her finest soldier named Kruger to prevent Damon's lowly earthling from entering Elysium. Kruger is played by Charlto Copley, one of Hollywood's most enduring Charltos. <clears throat> it's the Road Warrior meets 1984 meets Logan's Run meets After Earth. So hopefully we'll see an appearance by Will Smith's Cypher Rage. It just sounds like an 80s rock star. Already this year, we've had five or six different apocalyptic films. Did every Hollywood studio get the Mad Libs Book of Plots <laughs> end of the world edition for Christmas? Or I should say, Hanukkah. Uh-oh. All right, there you go. And that's Elysium. Elysium. For fast, effective relief. I like that one. <laughs> oh, I should mention, uh, lest we forget, the trailer features the return of one of our favorite movie preview sound effects. Let me just uh, give you a little of it. Ah. That can punctuate any moment. It kind of sounds like little farting noises. It's like... That's kind of a new take on yeah, the slowdown. It's like the slowdown with the dubstep. Yeah. Oh, dubstep slowdown. Yes. I like yes. that. It's a combination. It's my new album, it's dubstep slowdown. But I've noticed also, there obviously, there's tons of variations of that. But that can be put into every movie now. I, I mean, yeah. we've just watched so many trailers, obviously, for this show, so we can educate the public. That's main, our, mainly our goal. But uh, we did watch like some slasher trailer last night uh, for the... The visitors or whatever, the the guy that wears a goat head. Oh, You're yeah. next. That You're was next. that was yeah. full of it. Then we watched some like kids movie that was full of it. Anyway. You know what could really use that sound bite is Downton Abbey. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Then I'd watch. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, that's something I was talking to Paul about yes, yesterday. Yes, master. <laughs> yes, Bates. <laughs> Your crumpet, sir. It's all good his, carnival. His name is not Master Bates, is it? Yes. That's fantastic. I love it. Okay. He's a servant and his name's Master Bates. Oh. Uh, it's Mr. Bates. <laughs> oh, so Mr. he's not in charge of the yeah, house. Yeah, he'd have to be like 10, right, to do that. Oh, okay. Eight. Is it 10 or eight? I what was, do I know? From I was English. in a production. To giggle at it? No, get this. I was in a production when I was 11 of Oliver because every young aspiring actress plays a boy when you're 11. <laughs> uh. And I played Charlie Bates, and my character was Master Bates. I was 11 and did not get the joke. I remember yeah. as a child getting birthday and Christmas cards from my grandmother, Master Lee. And I remember thinking the day it, that stopped, I'm like, what happened to the Master? Now it was just, you know, yeah. Mr. Just she got to know you. Yeah. That's what. Just Lee. <laughs> yeah, it was, but it was always Master. And I thought that's really cool. That and then some. Cool. Then one day it just stopped. My mom had to explain to me that I'm too old. So. Uh. So bold vision of the of the future alert again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oblivion was really good, right. and this looks like another. It's another filmmaker who's written and directed, and is bringing this cool like world to life. I, I looks so cool with Matt Damon as the Robo Matt Damon. I couldn't tell you who <clears> Neil <throat> Blomkamp is before District Nine. But what a way to come on the scene if that's really his first movie. I, I don't know. Was that based on a short film of his or something? It might have been. It, but, man, I mean, Oscar nomination and the whole deal. It's like now he's got to deliver, and I think he totally is going to with his second film. And sticking to a way of making pictures. You know, suddenly he's not just turning around and making... Smurfs 3. You know, Smurfs 3. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a well, Neil like Blomkamp a, film. Yeah. Like well, because he got everything with yeah. District Nine, he got the money, he got the awards, he got every. I mean, yeah. so he could do whatever he wants, and he's sticking with, like, trying to stay heady and technical. And uh, I'm excited. I was about excited it. to see this movie when I heard that Blomkamp was directing because I've always thought Blomkamp was a sexual move. 
It does sound like you could give someone a blump camp. Neil Blumpkin. Yeah. You usually have to direct someone into a blump camp, right? <laughs> With your hand. They don't direct to themselves. Well, that's coming up later, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, yeah, so we're all excited about this one. Karen. I, I'm really excited about this movie. Matt Damon's yummy. No. He's not, no Mark not, Wahlberg. Anytime you're that distressed, you can't be yummy. Unless How's you're Liam Neeson. What do you mean distressed? Because he's sick and he's running. See, he's distressed in that picture of the Bourne oh. Ultimatum, and he's just not as hot. He's yummy in the Bourne Ultimatum. Oh my gosh. He's not like sweaty and cancer ridden or anything. No, and that and that's the thing. In this one he's all cancery. Sweaty and cancer. Not that cancer people aren't hot. Let's not be like that. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not just saying <laughs> I'm not saying that people with Look, cancer aren't hot. That's I'm what just I saying. said. Cancer is sexy. We all know that. Uh, all right, let's uh, change right. let's change uh, tone here a little bit because <laughs> between the Daily Show and the real time with Bill Maher, I know there are plenty of comedy shows that people rely on as their main source of news. Mm-hmm. God help them. <laughs> uh, but we want in. So Let's do another round of movie news based on a series of posts at themovieguys.net called The Latest. All right. Now, what is shaking and baking in Hollywood? Our first news story. In the ongoing effort for the Expendables movies to outdo the previous, casting-wise, Bruce Willis is out of the Expendables (laughs) 3 and will be replaced by none other than Harrison Ford. Crazy. That's Let's a get up. some thoughts on this news. Karen? Really? He's not a shitty ex-action star. Adam? Uh, Ford will join the cast after Stallone finishes his 211-game suspension. Naturally. <laughs> Lee? The Expendables movies are a lot like the Pro Bowl. Woefully underwhelming and invariably, Tony, Ro- Tony Romo throws an interception to lose the game. That's a given. Uh, this news went out on Stallone's Twitter feed. At the no. same time, Stallone called Willis greedy and lazy. Mm. So Willis immediately responded with his thoughts on performing in the Expendables movies. This part is not acting. Well, there you go. <laughs> Discuss. Wow. Why would he was in the first? He was in one before, right? Harrison Ford? No, no. Uh, oh, Willis was in the last yeah, two. He was yeah. the last so yeah. why, why, why at all do you not do this? And how's that lazy? Uh, you got to be, I don't know, a pain in the ass, perhaps. I mean, that has got to be a gigantic clash of egos, right? I mean, Stallone, we all want to think is like our buddy and hanging out, but he's been famous since he was, you know. I mean, he's he's got to have some huge ego on him too. So you get all those. I mean, the amount of egos in the room with these Expendables movies must be incredible. <clears throat> but they've worked together with Planet Hollywood. Schwarzenegger, Stallone, mm-hmm. and Willis for years. No, I mean, I, you act like they all bust the kitchen. They all came they together. To cut the, <laughs> they all came together and and well, told a bunch of investors, not them, to b- put their money in it. And then they all cut the ribbon on opening day, and that's the last time they all saw each other. Yeah, but well, why on. wouldn't Stallone want to call it Stallone's Kitchen or the Willis uh, Willis Hollywood or Schwartz and Diner? <laughs> Whatever. I want to go to Schwartz and Diner. <laughs> you know, totally. They yeah. I am eating, I, but they work together. Diner. They work together like the Expendables, and now they're not okay. going to. Now, do we know who uh, stopped dating the other one? Who stopped dating who? Stallone stopped dating Willis oh. as a result of this Wow. Fallout. He did not ask him back. But Harrison Ford, though, always getting things done on his own. Now he's coming in with the group. I don't see how he's going to fit. Pretty cool. Do you think he'll shoot guys or just be the guy who sends them on their mission? Oh, that's a good point. I mean, that's what he Bruce Willis did. Did he get yeah, sh- any shooting in Expendables 2? Yeah, I think at the end of the, he, he might have done a little. Yeah, because I only saw the first one. Yeah. I'm, that's yeah, okay. I, I don't see where <laughs> Harrison's going to... I just don't see it. But the weird thing was that the Expendables was this collection of not just people who were in action movies in the 80s. Although, it's funny, action is democratized now. You know, all these stars can be action stars. As soon as they get one hit, immediately Ryan Reynolds is an action star. It's just hey, like porn. Taylor Once you do Lockner. one blowjob, you're a porn star. Tell me about uh, Yes. Once you do 
one, you just can't stop. Yeah. But Same. but he yes. obviously there's a diff- huge difference in quality between what Harrison Ford was doing in the eighties. Patriot Games yes. and acting. Air Force One and acting <laughs> presentation and witness yeah. and what Stallone and Seagal and Cobra. Yeah. yeah. I they mean, were, so so when they mashed them all to go in, together in Expendables, you're like, oh yeah, it's all those guys that did all those shitty films. See, yeah. I would have thought Kurt Russell would have come aboard before someone like Harrison Ford. Yeah. I but, think we're ignoring the bigger story, which is where is Jean Claude Van Damme? That is he in two? perfect. He was the bad guy in the second there one. There you go. Nice. Yeah. Okay, is he is he coming back? Oh, he was the bad well, guy. They killed him, probably. Think he lived Dolph Lundgren? To see is the Dolph day? Lundgren coming back? Yes, he is. Okay. Didn't he die in the first I one? I am literally making up no, names no. I didn't no. think were in the movie. <laughs> they got him. They, <laughs> they called him up. They got him. How about the Florin uh, Flaggerhand? Uh, is he Rud- coming back? MMA <laughs> 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 guy. Rudger Hauer? Rudger Hauer. Rudger Hauer. He should show up. Rudger Hauer. He's got to be like 80, though. Thank you. Gotta be it. That doesn't matter. It was just in Hobo with a Shotgun. It doesn't matter. 72 or whatever. No, he's 70 this year. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Good lord. All right, the next story. All right. James Cameron and Fox recently announced that there will be Avatar sequels, but now that number has been upped to three sequels, Ooh. coming out in 2016, 2017, and 2018, a year I can't even really fathom as happening. <laughs> uh, the year in which we're all supposed to be in Elysium, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly right. But are the writers on board? Is there a script? Fuck no, but there's a poster. They say they've got Josh Friedman, Shane Salerno, and others on board, but I think we should seize the moment and pitch our plot lines to Cameron and see if we can get Mm. one greenlit. Now, if you remember, Avatar was about human imperialists landing on Pandora, a land full of blue people called Navi. I'm afraid I just blew myself. (laughs) And destroying the natives in their trees, wildlife, and environment in search of a rich energy source called unobtainium. All right, now I'm going to go first. All right, please Uh, do. James Cameron. Naturally, you're listening to the movie, guys. So let me just give you this free of charge, all right? A new energy source emerges. It's called It's All Arzium. (laughs) And it's hidden underwater on Pandora. So the human military industrial miners have to destroy Pandora's coral reef to get it. Who else has got a pitch? That's good. Oh, okay, I got it. Yeah, it's pretty heavy stuff. Uh, Pretty heavy stuff. Okay, so Pandora's latest power source is called Ain't Got No Morium. (laughs) And in order to get it, the human military industrial miners of Earth have to blast through a wall of baby seals. Oh, Oh, baby seal blasting. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Environmental environmental message intact so far. Yes. Um, How about this? Humans return to Pandora, but this time to find yet another alternative energy source. This one's called Don't Run Outium, okay? And it lives in the hearts of panda bears. Oh, in pandas. Yeah. Stay with me. <laughs> Sam Worthington must do all the airbending he can to stop Stephen Lang's clone and his military army of industrial miners from carving out the We Never Thought We'd Run Outium from the chests of the panda bears. No, I wow. think that's great. It's great. I think that's it's great. good. It's great. Oh, how about this? An evil wizard chases these blue people from their village, and they tumble out of their magical world into ours, into Central Park. And then they must find a way to get back to the wor- their world with the help of Neil Patrick Harris. I'm going to stop you right there. That's, huh? that's the plot of the Smurfs? No. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, that's the wrong blue people? Well, there is one thing the Navi and the Smurfs have in common. 500 million! All right, so they made money. <laughs> right. Another film is doing the cross-platform release thing as Lovelace opens in theaters this weekend. At the same time, it pr- becomes available on Video On Demand and iTunes. Amanda Seyfried plays Linda Lovelace, the porn star from Deep Throat. I'm afraid I just blew myself. <laughs> <laughs> Lovelace went on to rally against the porn industry in her later years. I think we should talk about this film, but I fear 
we would slip into double entendre. Wow. I just hope this movie doesn't blow. Or maybe I do. Uh, when's it coming out? <laughs> Look, Paul, I, will will there ever be a feel-good story about the porn industry? I mean, I, for one, uh, find these movies a little hard to swallow. Okay. Yeah, they get me choked up. Easy. You know, the problem with these types of movies is they do get messy by the end. Definitely. Mm. All right. The porn industry rejected Linda Lovelace, as a matter of fact, years after she came out and spoke out against them. So I'm not too sure I want to watch her get the shaft for two hours. From okay, okay, enough. All right. Does anyone have any single entendre comments? Uh, looks like they fuck a lot, and Amanda Seyfried shows her tits. I almost forgot we were doing the latest. <laughs> That's because Lovelace opens this weekend, but is it worth even talking about? I mean, it looks actually looked pretty good when I, I saw the trailer. Watch it. I lo- see, now this is the kind of movie that I go, ooh, they're going to be portraying porn, and maybe we'll be able to see the backstory, and that really is way more interesting to me than like, blue people. Well, they've got a, a one-up inside Deep Throat, the documentary that came mm-hmm. out a few so years good. back that was fantastic. Was that Behind the Green Door? Was that? Behind the Green Door? Deep Throat. Deep Throat. But wasn't the movie called Behind the Green Door? That was a different movie. Research that behind the green door too. is another point. What are you talking about? That's, oh, okay. that's a different. Yeah. That's that's with the uh, the uh, some other. Is that Marilyn Chambers? Marilyn oh, okay. Chambers. Yeah. I, I, my always, notes tell me. Yeah. The internet I'm tells me. I'm always intrigued by. Um, I had to look that up. I didn't know that off the top of my head. I'm always intrigued by something that is considered scandalous, like doing porn or people doing drugs and stuff. Because I'm so lame, I don't have any real point of reference. That I love movies that explain how they get into that world or how they get absorbed into the drugs or absorbed into the sex. Just so I, fascinating to me. I have a feeling that Amanda thinks this is going to be her boogie nights. Yeah, she thinks she's a roller girl. Yeah, I really feel. Or like she, she thinks does. she's going to be Mark Wahlberg in this. Like, I don't know if this is really going to break her through. Or I got not, that well, feeling. Not when with I was the multi-platform it. release, that's really yeah. a sign of confidence. I would think, no. unless they're trying to start that's, a new thing. But <laughs> that's get the gringo territory. Yeah, exactly. And I heard she's wearing <laughs> a huge merkin. Really. <laughs> No, oh. you don't know anything. <laughs> you didn't you know, know Marilyn Chambers. No, but didn't, <laughs> didn't Wahlberg wear like a sp- prosthetic? He had a yes. fake penis. Okay, that's you what I'm saying. So she had to wear a merkin. Oh, I see. That there, was the joke. This is actually something I would check out. See, now this is important. Whenever guys do like a Western or something, they'll grow their beard. Like you grew your beard, right? Well, the <laughs> chicks happened? today are so smooth downstairs. And kissable. That, and kissable. Uh, that I, if I were like, oh, I'm doing a porno. When's it set? Oh, 70 something. I gotta get busy growing my deal. Because you've got to get that situation working out. Sure. Unless you can't in time and then you have to wear Merkin. Going full Madonna. Yeah. Our next movie <laughs> is uh, We're the Millers. That's now, okay, con- continuing semi theme here. It's got Jennifer Aniston stripping. Same. So I know two things. One, we're in. Two, I'm sure Lee will want to talk about it. Here we go. Yes, sir. <laughs> In We're the Millers, SNL Jason Sudeikis plays David Clark, a down-on-his-luck drug dealer who's forced to act as a drug mule for Ed Helms, who pays him $100,000 to bring back what he describes a smidge of marijuana from Mexico. Now, instead of visiting one of the 15 marijuana dispensaries on my block, (laughs) David instead consults the big book of sitcom plots and invents a (laughs) fake family to try to fool the border guards. (laughs) To be his wife, he employs a stripper named Rose... And for his kids, he chooses a dim-witted neighbor and a thief. He packs them all in an RV because no border guard would suspect an RV to be full of drugs <laughs> unless they've seen Breaking Bad. <laughs> Paul, you'll want to have the boing sound effect ready here because uh, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston is in this. Okay, that's kind of childishly. Is it, Paul? 
You remember when we were a child and everything was magical? Okay. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston plays a stripper <laughs> who pretends to be a wife and a mother. <laughs> See? It, it worked out. Yeah, it sounds sexy <laughs> until you realize not only is she not nude, but she's not even nude. Uh. <laughs> Yes, but after an encounter with a Mexican drug cartel, they do use the old porn film getaway technique of having her do a pole dance. Oh, yeah. This film does know how to butter my bread, as there are no less than 17 scenes with Jennifer Aniston <laughs> where she is forced to prove that she is indeed a stripper by stripping in order to help maintain the ruse. Yes. Now, have Robin Williams and Cheryl Hines taught us nothing? RVs are death to movies. Anytime you have a movie heavily featuring an RV, you just know it's going to suck. Shitter was full! <laughs> well, okay, well, there was Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Well, what about one of my favorite movies of all time, Lost in America? Maybe I just didn't explain the nest egg well enough. If you had understood, you know, it's a very sacred thing, the nest egg. Paul, you're missing the point. <laughs> RV starring Robin Williams was a horrible movie. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay, point taken. Now, crazy director name month continues <laughs> as this uh, film is brought to you by Rawson Marshall Thurber, director of Dodgeball. It also is from the writers of Wedding Crashers, so expect all the great humor of those two movies and, unfortunately, probably the narrative problems of them as well. Jason Sudeikis and Ed Helms appear on screen together, once and for all proving to my mother and father that they are not the same person. <laughs> but when you watch this trailer... And you see four strangers play the eager son, the eye-rolling daughter, the impatient but caring mom, and the absent-minded dad trying to hold it all together. It kind of reflects the struggles of an actual American family. So maybe we're the Millers is a metaphor for society. Maybe in our way, we are all just families smuggling pot. <laughs> or maybe I was high when I wrote this. Yeah. I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> now, if this movie doesn't make money, I think we can blame the fact that they passed on the title Drug Running Stripper. <laughs> That's how you get foreign financing right there. Actually, I would rather have them gone with Undercover MILF. Ooh. <laughs> undercover MILF is good. Something tells me that's already taken, though. Drug running stripper and Undercover MILF. I'm pretty sure Undercover MILF is already a movie. Friday I, on Cinemax. I am looking forward to this movie. <laughs> After Dark. I, I keep calling it the wrong name, though. It, it's, what is it? We're, We're the Millers. We're the Millers. And I keep wanting to call it Meet the Millers. So uh. Right? I want to call it Meet the Millers, but the reason I want to call that is because when um, I was a kid, my mom would always make these Christmas cookies that were like a little sugar cookie, and they were from Meet the Millers. And so we'd always be like, Mom, make Meet the Millers. So I made some Meet the Millers. So you have them with have us? Do you seriously? Karen's getting yeah. a tin of Christmas cookies. No, wait. It's Christmas in August. Surprise. By the way, uh, this is a perfect time to let everyone know that we are on YouTube, if you're just listening to this. <laughs> no, wait, I'm and you can cookies. see the unveiling right here of cookies in the studio. Explain again why they're Miller cookies. Well, wait, they're called We're the Millers they're cookies? Called, they're called they're Meet called, the Miller oh, cookies. They're called Meet the Millers. Oh. And there's a TV show that my mom used to watch, and they would give out different um, recipes. And these cookies are super, oh. super simple, to the point where I didn't even have to leave the house. I already had all the ingredients. And so we would have these every Thank Christmas. You. And so now all I can think about is Jennifer Aniston stripping and Good eating radio. He's down on the chewing. Mm, oh, yeah. Sorry about that, radio listeners. Well, Jason Sudeikis, yeah. friend of the show. Mm. Yeah. Is he coming on? When is he coming on? Yeah. He's not coming on. No. Well, tell him I knew cookies. him in Chicago, so. Right. He, uh, oh, I, if, if we at least go. Yeah. We, we can get at least a degree or two away from the show and call him a friend of the show, I think. Like so many. He you guys all know me, and I knew Jason when he, he was He admires from afar, like a lot of our listeners. He uh, was very prolific during his time at SNL. A lot of people leave to make movies. He's already made two or three, hasn't he? 
I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, why do so many people have to leave Saturday Night Live in order to make... Why, why did Jimmy Fallon have to leave the show completely to make Taxi? Yeah. But Jason Sudeikis has made 10 movies. Bill Hader. Great. Yeah, he's Bill Hader. Like oh, yeah, movies. yeah, you're right. This I mean, whole thing. He's class. leaving finally this But year he's too. not the linchpin on any of them. Bill Hader's not carrying the movie, but he's doing well. No, right? but, but they, they the put one. in appearances. True. But you're right, Sudeikis is the lead They're in a bunch of the these lead. movies, yeah. too. Yeah, And he's, he's Question. good. Oh, my God. I didn't want to forget. There is this video that is online right now that is super amazing that has every all these people plus Jason Bateman. The Milford and Sons music oh my video. God. Mumford, yeah. Mumford and Sons. It's uh, awesome. You've got to check okay, it out. Okay, Grandpa Caius. Go check it out right now. <laughs> he Keep knows his our show. Your space <laughs> track. You know, with your space track. <laughs> no, that's a funny video. Miller, it's, uh, really it's Ed great. Helms and Jason Sudeikis mm-hmm. with Jason Bateman and uh, guy with the Will Forte. Forte. Mumford Will Forte. and Sons? Yeah. Like Mumford so... Fizzed? See, Correct. see what Mumford. I did there? Yeah. Mumford Fizzet. There's a reference to 84. That's going to make you younger. Thank you. <laughs> he's, re- he's referring I, I, to the T-shirt that, oh that, that Eddie Murphy wore in Beverly Hills Cop. I almost did a spit take, dude. <laughs> it's on DVD. Oh, yeah, me. Mumford and Sons, that, that really new act <laughs> is just like the T-shirt that Eddie Murphy wore the in Based on the uh, movie by Lawrence Kasdan? <laughs> right. Oh, my God. How often does the plane go over? So often you won't notice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen. Uh, Feel free to have some cookies, so there you go. That's awesome. That's a good treat. Sure, certainly. <laughs> That's right. We are two movies into a four-movie weekend. Uh, oh, shit. So my guess is there's probably no stripping in our next film. Mm. Uh, the next in what is looking to be the John Hughes trilogy of Disney animated films. We've had cars. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to trains. But opening today is... Disney's planes. I swear we just saw this. All right, let's get to it. <laughs> Hot off Disney's meeting with Pixar, in which Pixar showed no interest in making this movie, comes <laughs> Planes, the not at all sequel to Cars that could be the first movie ever to make a company file a copyright infringement lawsuit against itself. <laughs> A movie very much meant to be confused with the movie Cars, this is one of the year's only movies to be adapted from a misunderstanding. The trailer will leave you thinking, didn't we already see this movie? And then you'll think, yes I did, and I loved it. Let's see it again. Well done, marketing team. McQueen finds himself detoured in the sleepy town of Radiator Springs, and he's forced to repair a section of the road he damaged. And Paul, until, yes. Paul, you're telling the plot to the movie Cars again. God, I'm sorry. That happens every time yeah. I talk about this. All right. This is planes. Planes, of course. Thank you. Now, modes of transportation once again speak and acquire some of mankind's other favorite attributes, like jealousy and inadequacy, as an outdated crop duster tries to fit in with the cool planes that get to drop bombs on people. The crop duster, which I'm... Sure has a name. We'll just call him Planey. Like all children's movies with a third act problem, Planey wants to compete in a plane race because all that matters is winning, kids. With the help of Doc Hudson, who shelters a secret past as the one and only Hudson Hornet, voiced by Paul Paul. Newman. Sorry, planes, planes, got a plane. The only problem is that Planey has Mm -hmm. a fear of heights. So he meets up with some other colorful aviating characters, one of which I can only assume is a redneck. And they teach him to overcome his fears so that he can live his dream of one day crashing into the grandstand at an air show. (laughs) The not-so-subliminal previews of the film actually feature the title logo from the Cars movie as much as the title logo from Planes. 
Well done again, marketing team. <laughs> Pretty clever. Tired of hating Dane Cook's stand-up comedy? Well, here's a whole new reason to not like him. His annoying voice. <laughs> Ooh, do you guys, you want to see an impersonation of a successful Hollywood idea man? Uh, how about boats? I'll be in Cabo if you need me. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Pretty accurate. Pretty yeah, accurate. Yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, I'll be in Cabo. Trains. Trains. I'm in Italy if you need me. <laughs> Wow. This is not Pixar, is what we're saying. Is that what we're saying? No. Everything looks just like cars, but it's That's not crazy. Pixar. But it's not Pixar, and I think that will be noted in the story. And I haven't seen, of course, the preview as ever. But, but I, mean, I can't get as excited unless I see the word Pixar in the title. But do you know the plethora of people who do not know what is so special about Pixar or give a shit and just are seeing Cars 3? I mean, nobody cares. All the people. This room cares. With yeah. kids but, that don't care. They just want to. I mean, it's really, it's like. I don't know. Uh, Pixar should be offended because if they don't pull this off right, then it's just like eh, Pixar keeps making these bad movies. <clears throat> well, That's one of the true. things Pixar has is legs, so that'll be an immediate determination. You know, Brave was number one like three weeks in a row or something like that. So yeah. if Planes is killed by Werther Miller's first week. Adam's right it's though. It's done. the the thing that is indescribable about the Pixar movies. The thing that you can't just go, oh, we're going to make it look exactly the same. Yeah, you can't tell what the difference is. It's it's the story. It's the the it's um, old ladies pinching babies. It's yes. uh, it's um. <laughs> you can't tell by the trailer, but you can tell when you start you can watching. Tell when you start watching it. Right watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but Disney Animation. Uh, 3D animation did come around a little bit last year with Wreck-It Ralph, which is a great movie. That was really good. Oh, and as much as I Disney. love Pixar, we probably should have won the Oscar for Best Animated Film. Isn't John Lasseter running, isn't one of those Pixar guys running yes, the animation Yes, which is probably division? why okay. a movie like Bolt started out under Disney's banner, but was finished under Pixar. Uh, mm. take that being, was great. Came out great. Yeah. yeah and, so and I don't even I like that. I wonder if that started out kind of, girl, but then lasted or turned great. around to be this big emotional film. Mm-hmm. Speaking because of which. But he's the head of regular animation. At he's Disney. a head of all animation. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the things about Pixar being taken in by, to Disney in a merger was that we come in, but Steve Jobs is going to be the biggest shareholder and John Lasseter is going to be your head of animation. And they went, okay. Because they just owe everything to Pixar in the last 10 years. And greatest, greatest story I heard about that is right before Laster uh, was put into head of, head of animation at Disney, they closed down their ink and paint animation shop. Yes. They, they were done doing regular animation. They were going moving into entirely into uh, computer animation. They put Laster in charge, and his first thing he did was open back up the hand <clears throat> ink and paint type animation. You know how many people, are their kids are so happy now they can go to college. Classic Disney. <laughs> Classic they're like, Disney Dad animation. still got a job. That's yeah. awesome. Now, but the, but the other question about all these great Pixar movies is that they're very, uh, I think they're very emotional in the story and, and they earn the emotions that they have. So will planes do that or not? But the question I think you brought up in a discussion once, Lee, was... Can you cry at these animated movies? When there's really there's really <laughs> nothing there. It's a yes. big nothing. It's a drawing with voices. It's nothing. There's not a thing happening there. Yet yeah. you cry. Bambi oh. didn't exist. Right. Bambi. Uh, just I, a drawing? Yes. I teared up. I, that was a very old movie from a very long time ago. Uh, I know it might be throwing same, people off. It was but before that t-shirt it, it reference. illustrated for, yeah, <laughs> a point. Didn't see it in the theaters, Lee is saying. Yes. I'm over 30. Let the secret out. Lee, have you seen Up? Because I can. I have not. Oh, okay. Because I can barely hear. Like the other day, we were coming back from somewhere, and I went, Adventure is out there. And I almost tear up. Yeah. I'm like, Oh my God. It's a plane. Uh, Stop crying. Well, that, <laughs> no, that movie I'm not thinking is going to cry, but. Yeah. Her whole adventure book. Oh, I cried what? when Lightning McQueen pushed the, the oh, guy across the finish line. Like, Sorry, spoiler uh, alert. Yeah, it was, 
seven he years ago. He didn't Spoiler mean alert, they here. released movies several years ago. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't mean to give away the ending to Planes. Yeah. Oh, right, right. <laughs> no, probably yeah. They'll, they'll, they're going to have to have some amazing storytelling, just like the Pixar. It can look like anything it wants, but, for example, a supermodel can look amazing, but if she opens her mouth up and sounds like an idiot, sometimes she gets less sexy. You know, the uh, one of the, I don't want to give too much away about the hook in this movie, but the, all the dialogue in the planes is given by uh, characters who Im- impersonate pilots. I hope so. So all the dialogue is, uh... <coughs> well, if you look out the uh, that would right be side awesome. of the window, it's... Uh, <laughs> they all sound candy. like pilots. The whole dialogue is just, uh... They are never excited Well, Yeah, anything. but when we're flying and it's starting to get all crazy, Paul is not a good flyer. He gets very nervous about... This is true. ...turbulence. So if we're starting to have turbulence, you don't want to hear a guy come on and go, Holy all right, shit bags! Yeah. Everybody jump! Yeah. <laughs> you want the guy going, uh, Well, we're having... Uh, the hell's that button do? <laughs> Taking off. Oh, we've lost an engine. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we have in. another engine on the other side of the plane. We're just going to take it down here in a field. Everybody. We're uh, just going to wait till my Xanax wanna... kicks in. <laughs> and then we're going to land this sucker. <laughs> <clears throat> we have a young crop duster who's trying to be a racing plane. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. Right. And That's they never funny. are. <laughs> It's like a golf announcer. Is there a yeah. graduation there from airplane <laughs> the pilot to golf announcer? Anyway. Oh, the last thing I want to announce that uh, the doing a voice in this film is Carlos, and I'm going to kill this last name, Alizraki. And he is the voice of the Taco Bell Chihuahua. Oh. Oh, so where we always goof on these movies, we're just pulling out the biggest slate of celebrities you can possibly do. This is a guy who does voiceover for a living Good. getting a job in a voiceover movie. All right. Well, I'll give him that. So Good I wanted him. to show you. Hear that, Alec Baldwin? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I heard that. Hear that, Corey Feldman? Hear that, Al- third voice of Stimpy? He's coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that Alec Baldwin, when he does those commercials uh, for Capital One, he mm-hmm. donates all the money he makes because yeah, really. he doesn't need it. I Isn't that great? Imagine. That's cool. Mm-hmm. All right, well, last week, uh, well, let's see. We, wait, we, what are we talking about? Oh, He's- you know what? There's a ton of stuff out coming this, out this weekend. We're covering it entirely, but let's talk about what's already in theaters. Uh, and a little something we like to call... What? 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 What did you see? What did you see this week? <clears throat> all right, now we all went out to the theaters and we saw The Further Adventures of Logan, a.k.a. The Wolverine, yes. and the adaptation of the Chris Claremont Frank Miller comics that tell of Logan's adventures in Japan. And I gotta tell you, it was great to see Hiroyuki Sonata back on the big screen again. I mean, I've been a fan since Majin Hiroki, you know? I mean, imagine you guys, too. I mean, you know, Hisatsu 4, Yurami Harayimasu. I mean, that, that, those were the Hiroyuki Sonata salad days, if you ask me. So it's good totally. to see him uh, back Absolutely. in a string of films lately. I mean, what a get, right? I mean, the, the totally. negotiations to get Sonata had to be brutal. But he's an awesome Shingen, bringing up memories of how awesome he was as Iguchi in The Twilight Samurai, mm-hmm. or the hit TV series Hikan Kazoku, where he played Yasusuke Matoba. Totally. I totally agree. Unfortunately, I feel like uh, Shinji Ifujaki was underutilized. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. True. I mean, he makes a brief appearance as Pockface, which really is kind of a shame, because he has so much more to offer as an actor. I mean, mm. take, for example, his work as mm-hmm. Jyoti Mashura Kimura oh. in the acclaimed short film, Futility. Oh. And yeah. Kimmy. You all know Kimmy, right? Totally. Kimmy Absolutely. played Saki. Oh. Very small pl- part, but based on her or his work in One Night in Supermarket, 
I'll take as much Kimmy as I can get. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Underused. I agree. But, you know, all's well when you finally get to see Ken Yamamura back in his element, right? Right. I mean, getting it done just like he did <laughs> earlier this year in Double Happiness Uranium. Oh, Am I right? Absolutely. And you probably noticed a real of Fukushima. Mm-hmm. Remember when she played herself in the TV series Made in Hollywood? Mm-hmm. Since then, I was hoping for a role that would challenge her more. And man, did she ever find it busting up the screen in this movie as Yukio. Yeah. That's good. One more film to go to as we continue our public service to the studios, getting the word out about their product. <laughs> the final film is Percy Jackson's Sea of Monsters, which we mentioned earlier. Mm. And now I saw a Sea of Monsters, I think, open for Pearl Jam. Oh, they were great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this should be good. Now, uh, first, Adam, last time I talked about planes, you heard me, I slipped into cars, the plot, a couple yeah, of times. Yeah. So just try to keep me on track here when I describe this. Don't let me slip into plots of Hunger Games, Twilight, or Harry Potter. All okay. right. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll keep on. Uh, Percy Jackson and the uh, Sea of Monsters. Sigmund, you are a rotten sea monster. Sigmund, you're through. Graham, get out of here. That's all. Uh, Okay. <laughs> Minotaurs and Cyclops and Fire Beasts, oh my! Stop me if you've heard this one before. Based on the best selling book for teens. This Friday, the great Motown act Percy Jackson and the Olympians will be releasing their latest single, Sea of Monsters. Percy does sound like that Jackson brother who never made it. That would be Tito, Randy, Jermaine, and Marlon. <laughs> now, what's the concept of Percy Jackson's Sea of Monsters? <laughs> Well, imagine there's a school for wizards and witches. Uh, Paul. God damn, I mean Greek gods. Greek gods. Yes, it's apparently time for classic figures of Greek mythology to take their shot at being depressed in high school. It's like Clash of the Titans for kids. Clash of the Titans, I thought, already aimed at five-year-olds. Well, all right, let's call it Clash of the Titans. Oh, very nice. Percy, a version of Perseus, and his friends are demigods, which means they are mortals born of one god and one human, like Paul McCartney and Nancy Chevelle. Even though they're Greek demigods, they're still children who have to go to a high school. No doubt overcrowded with gloomy vampires, demons, and witches. And I thought it was a pain in the ass having a gym teacher who thought the jocks were gods. I would never get picked first at the school. (laughs) In this sequel to The Lightning Thief, which was a movie that happened, according to IMDb, (laughs) Percy finds himself under attack at Camp Half-Blood, the summer camp for demigods. Monsters are invading because of the death of a sacred tree that protected the camp, so Percy must bring back the Golden Fleece, the same mission of Jason and the Argonauts, if you know your Greek mythology. And according to statistics on education, you don't. (laughs) The drama of this movie centers around the Bermuda Triangle. Now, for those of you who didn't grow up in the 70s and don't remember having to get up to change the channel on the TV, the Bermuda Triangle is a mysterious region in the Atlantic Ocean that stretches from the southern coast of Florida down to Cuba and to Puerto Rico and then up to Bermuda. Now, many a CBS movie of the week was made about this perilous and seemingly damned part of the ocean where ships, planes, boats, and box office totals go to disappear. (laughs) All right, now this part's confusing. Yeah, this, this part. part. <laughs> uh, Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters, was directed by world-famous explorer Tor Heyerdahl, who sailed halfway across the Pacific on a man-made raft, so he knows a thing or two about the sea. Wait a second. No, it's Thor Freudenthal. Sorry, Thor Freudenthal. Sorry, Thor Heidendahl fans. Uh, neither of these people, of course, would be confused with the Asgardian warrior and Marvel superhero whose full name is Thor Schadenstein Lipschitz. <laughs> The film stars such household questions as Logan Lerman, (laughs) Alexandra Daddario, Douglas Smith, but Brandon T. Jackson is not playing Percy Jackson. Logan Lerman is, once again, 
in the starring role, while Brandon T plays his sidekick, Grover. I am special! <laughs> I'm not sure how the final battle plays out, but I'm sure it all comes down to a game of Quidditch or something. There you go. Hey, there's a movie out there. A freaking huge weekend full of movies. Yeah. Yeah, but they're all kind of the same audience. Way to shoot your wad late, Hollywood. Yeah. The first one came out in February, so they got confidence now. We're going to put the second one out in summer, see what happens. The Lightning Thief. I swear it was a movie, or else they're going to be like, that's not a movie. Percy Jackson and the Olympians, colon, The Lightning Thief. Yeah, that had one of the longest titles. It really was. Percy Jackson and the Olympians? Yes. Colon, the Lightning lightning Thief. thief. So you think the second one would be Percy Jackson and the Olympians, colon, Sea of Monsters. Can't imagine why the Olympians got kicked to the curb. Yeah. Rolls right off the tongue. Like Michael Jackson leaving the Jacksons, Percy has left the Olympians (laughs) and now is on his own fighting a Sea of Monsters. Sea of Tito's. I, I find that I, I'm not looking forward to a lot of the movies coming out, but I think I know why. It's because I don't read enough teen novels. Now, if you did, you would be I in would heaven. I would be psyched because I'd go, oh, I get to see it. You know? You'd have and, beautiful creatures. You'd have catching yeah. fire coming out. you got the mortal instruments. If you yeah. do a teen novel, mortal you can get that greenlit. Teen horror romance or something like that is now There's a, a section yeah of a section of Barnes and Noble if Barnes and Noble kids is a bookstore <laughs> where they keep uh, binded stories anyway have you met some teens lately they don't seem very literate to me what? have you got a text from anyone yeah, under 20 that's like no, it doesn't it's all hieroglyphics <laughs> and symbols these yeah. kids are reading books you really you sure the you sure probably written like that too yeah, it's all just J-K-L-O-L. It's a whole novel of... of <laughs> what? We just speak their language. <laughs> Ampersand yeah. and yeah. greater and less than Future signs. civilizations we'll have to figure out. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy this movie. We're going to go see Where the Millers, I think. Oh, Elysium first, <laughs> yeah. probably, yeah, before anything Elysium. else. Yeah, we can take Elysium. our cookies into Where the Millers. All right, so uh, this is a jam-packed weekend of movies. It's not even a holiday, and look at all we've had to do. But we'll be back to talk to actress, stuntman, writer, producer, multi-hyphenate, Ooh. David Maddy, right after this... And we are back with our latest in-studio guest, a guy who's around my age, but somehow has racked up an impressive 44 titles as an actor alone on IMDb, so oh, I don't know what the true. hell I'm doing wrong. <laughs> it is true. Wow. Uh, not, to mention, <laughs> not to mention his uh, right stunt work and behind-the-scenes adventures. You may have seen him often intimidating or engaging in fisticuffs with celebrities and children in movies like The Spy Next Door and Hancock. Please welcome Dave Maddy, everybody. Hey! Thank you. Thank you very much. Actually, wait a minute. Before we do, Dave had a uh, specific intro uh, he wanted based on uh, the Dennis Farina uh, thing we did the other day because uh, he passed away, and then we played this clip. Shut up and sit down, you big bald fuck. There you go. <laughs> Dave Maddie, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. The uh, I need to get some more acting credits on IMDb because... There is now uh, you you have the right amount because it's the most of anything you do and you do a lot of things. I have done a lot of editing to make money and suddenly I have now as my first batch of credits <laughs> editing. So if you go uh, to my IMDb, I'm an editor. I'm yeah. like, no, I'm an actor. But, <laughs> well, I find that uh, that um, offering your body up to uh, casting directors is a good way to go. Uh, oh, you, you mean as a stuntman or Karen. sexually? No, stunt stuntman is a different thing entirely. Uh, I'm talking purely sexually. Oh, um, this is good information. Yeah, absolutely. It's, no, it's uh, not. 
If you can suppress the you. gag reflex, you're in. <laughs> there's a link from people on IMDb get bored because there's a link from your page. When I went there, who knows if it refreshes and you get new things every time you go. But when I was there, there was a little thing that said, Tall guys! And it list- I, I made a list of all the tall guys in Hollywood. Like, that's what oh somebody did with their day. That's and nice. By height, down. Yep. So, you're I've, ho- I've you're, seen that list. You're Hollywood's than- tallest talents. How tall are you? Yeah, I'm 6'10. And that is taller wow. than a lot of basketball players. Yes. Who are on that list. Yes. B- below you. But they're not, uh, they're not, they're on the list, but they're not actors. They've, you know, played themselves. Exactly. In now, are, are you offended that you often get cast as a tall guy? Son of a bitch. No. It's, uh, <laughs> not the table. Not the table. Yeah, his house and car are offended too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have, uh, no, that's one of the things. It's like, uh, I've heard people complain about being pigeonholed or uh, typecast or whatever, and I don't, I don't care at all. What, I, what, what actually bothers me more than any of that is the number of jobs I've lost to little people. <laughs> like and when you're talking about people my height, or you mean <laughs> no actual little people? Actually, I'm talking about you know <clears throat> other people who. No, I mean like legitimate little people. Oh, okay. Um, I uh, I was up for a gig on the Martin Short show, and this came up uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was talking to some friends about it, and uh, they brought me in, and they there was a silly German thing, and there were these three German scientists, and I did my thing, and they were like, "Wait a second. We got the perfect part for you. Martin's been talking about his assistant for like six months, and we haven't revealed him yet. It's his big reveal. We want you to come in and read for this thing. And they gave me some sides and said, you got two minutes. Read it. Come in. So I did the audition. They were like, great. We want to do a callback. We want to see you with a wig on. So I got a wig, and I did all this stuff. I came back and did my job you know, as, as, as well as I could. Felt really good about it. And then I found out later it went to a little person. They completely switched gears. Damn little completely. people. And – and then I was like, well, how about the silly German thing? And they're like, no, no, that shot Monday. It's over. Oh, I was like, oh, oh. thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs> so. Boy, that would bug me. They just went the opposite direction 100%. Yeah, completely. And, it, and it, it was like, it was one of four times in the same month, I think, that, that I lost on a, on a gig to a little person. Now, you say little person. <laughs> is that the politically correct term? Can yes. You call that? Now, now, what is the thing that, uh, that, supposedly that offends them if you call them midgets. What is the thing that yes. tall people get offended if you call them? Um, actually, uh, Colby Bryant. Yes, <laughs> uh, several tall people get offended if you if you call little people midgets. Actually, because uh, oh. it seems like uh, it's this strange thing where a lot of times I'm on set and if they have a ridiculously large guy, they have a little person as well. And uh, so when I was on Charmed, we had I was an ogre, and nice. oh, thank you, thank you, thank, nice. you very much. thank you. That's a fun little side story if I can. Um, Go for it. A friend of mine who's six seven and I were both in for the same part, and we read. And the stunt coordinator came out. It was a stunt acting thing. It was both, you know, acting and stunts. And the coordinator came out and he said, guys, you both did great. Um, They really, really liked you. Jeff, you were fantastic. But they just don't think you're ugly enough to be an ogre. Big Dave. Congratulations, Dave. Get on over. (laughs) You're plenty ugly. Congratulations. Hey, Dave, skip makeup. Just get it set. And and that was the worst part. It's like, okay, you know what that is? Is that's my prosthetics experience. I've done a ton of prosthetics. It's that's what it is. And I went on to the set when we're we're shooting this thing. And honest to God, they went like this. (laughs) All right, you're good. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) One pot of makeup and I go. Yeah, they they touched me with like one powder puff, and that was it. But doesn't that make anyway. you feel dandy? Yes, exactly. But anyway, so so on this thing, it was me, and then, then they had a bunch of leprechauns and a bunch of little people. And we sat around at one point, and I said, uh, let us speak in disparaging tones about the averages. <laughs> and so we were talking about people of average height, and uh, that was one of the things they said that was like, their big one was the M word. And they call it the M word. And uh, wow, it's it, people don't know that it's that big of a deal. And 
I think, honestly, those who do know are kind of like, what are they going to do? They're this big. I mean, come on. So, you know, I would think it only make you look bigger to have a smaller actor. Oh, it does. That's yeah. smart. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then if I'm hungry, I can just be like, ah. <laughs> we got some more of those guys? We got- Oh, we got tons of them in the bag. We just bring, keep bringing them out as hungry as they are. They're but, in a little car, and they come out. But I, would hate, I would hate to keep you away from the bag of uh, Meet the Miller cookies Karen made during our We're the Millers preview. I had 47 of them I, when I was sitting there. I kept there, grabbing so. them, and then they would disappear I don't the know table why. when I set them next to me. They just kept going away. Uh, now, a few weeks ago, uh, we had a uh, talk with Lloyd Kaufman. We invaded Comic-Con. You ever been to Comic-Con? I have. I have indeed. Um, I actually Work uh, or fun? Uh, it was both. both? Um, well, work is fun. Yeah. Work is business. fun. Are you kidding me? Uh, it, it was it was super cool because I was doing a thing for the guild, um, the uh, the web series, the guild. Um, oh a, yeah, with the uh, uh, Felicia Day. Felicia Day. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we did a music video, and uh, I played real life in it, and uh, fought uh, Sandeep, who's the Indian guy in the show, and uh, they had me come down to Comic Con, and we did some stuff, and for a couple different panels, I was able to sort of go past the line and. Cool. Try really hard not to be like, <laughs> so long, suckers. How long you guys been waiting? Three days. That sucks. <laughs> I'll be up front. I'm just going to so. go hang with my friend Felicia Day. I don't think right. any of you would want to do that. Would exactly. You? Yeah, I made yeah. it to a guild panel once. Yeah, I didn't see it. But they're there every year. I yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're, uh, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, at one point, we were walking the floor, and uh, there were so many people. We literally had gridlock on the floor. Mm-hmm. And we stopped moving, and we couldn't go anywhere. And if I wasn't as tall as I am, I probably would have started to panic because I don't get claustrophobic, but, man, it was so freaky to not be able to move, to be standing still and not not be able to go any direction. And over to my left was the Chuck booth, and the stars of Chuck were out signing autographs. And I had worked on Chuck a week before. So I'm stuck standing there, and I look over, and Zach Levi is there, and he's signing, and he looks up, and he looks, goes back down, and he goes, and looks back up at me. And he's about 6'5", so the two of us were looking over everybody, <laughs> and he was like, hey, and I was like, how you doing? He's like, yeah, hey, and went back to signing, and about 100,000 people went, who's he looking at? <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, God, I can't run if I wanted to. That's when I started to panic. I wouldn't yeah. want to be the guy next to you when you start to get frustrated that it's... Right? <laughs> yeah. people. Can't handle yeah. the claustrophobia. Yeah, 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 there you go. So we were Taller than you, by the way. Yeah. Taller, yeah. according to the IMDb chart. Taller than you. Uh, the giant. That's actually not true. He's actually, in real life, he was listed as 7'4". He's actually dead. In the wrestling. I know that. Yes, right now, <laughs> now he's, he's negative like, now six he's about feet. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't want to forget, though, that we had talked to Lloyd, and you have a connection with Lloyd Kaufman. Yes, I do. How did that happen? Because we well, met Toxie in the booth, and yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't you. You. <laughs> that's true. He wasn't um, anybody. Of course, he was Toxie. Fake Toxie. Toxie. Was Toxie. It wasn't a fake Toxie at all. Yes, that's true. Uh, I actually was the Toxic Avengers roommate officially. Um, <laughs> Friend of Toxie. Yes, uh, for uh, the time that we were shooting Citizen Toxie, the Toxic Avenger Part Four, um, I I was the Toxic Avengers roommate. Uh, hmm. The official, the official oh. word from Troma. I was the roommate, oh, like the friend, friend of, Mickey. of Mickey. Yes. So I was uh, the Toxic Avenger and ah. his evil twin, the Noxious Offender, <laughs> uh, in the classic Troma uh, cult film, Citizen Toxic: The Toxic Avenger Part Four. That is cool, dude. Thank you. That is Thank the you. Best. Yeah. Thank you. And I mean, you were dressed up as the Toxic Avenger. I was. That's just, I, that's and cool. played I, him in a movie. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I All was he in, did was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little blot yeah. of makeup. Exactly. And on you go. Just kind of like let the eye droop a little on that side. 
Yeah. Um, actually, that was a that was a the most grueling set I've been on because the stuff that Lloyd was talking about eating cheese sandwiches three times a day and crap it in a paper bag. That's all true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got a little bit of special treatment because I was like the one and two main character in the movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the crew that worked on that, they ate day-old bagels wow. every day. They got an arrangement. The the production got an arrangement with, uh, uh, with some bagel shop nearby. <laughs> and as they were throwing out their bagels in a big green garbage bag, the production was like, yoink! And every day they'd go and they'd get a new trash bag full of bagels and these poor kids were just you know okay and they had this one big thing of peanut butter and they were putting it on their bagels and the one time they brought food in the uh, locations manager uh, ordered it and people were like we're getting a hot lunch and you would have thought it was Christmas and it's like (laughs) and not only is it Christmas everyone's getting laid (laughs) it was this huge thing and People are lining up, and everyone's so happy. And morale shot from you know five to one hundred and fifty on a scale of you know zero to one hundred. And people started going through the line. And the first person went through the line, and they sat down, and they were so excited, and they dug into their chicken parm that they had, they had chicken parm. And it turns out the locations manager was a vegetarian, oh. and he had ordered everything vegetarian, oh. and he had ordered eggplant parm. Oh. And you have never seen <laughs> a crew. If you had gone, you know what? We were going to feed you guys a hot meal, but screw it, we're not. They would have been like, oh, man, that kind of sucks. But you, I mean, it went yeah. from... Like dangling the carrot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they people were so pissed. And there was there was that was probably the worst moment on set. And it was just because it was like, we're getting actual protein for a change. No. Nope. No, you're not. I Enjoy can, your eggplant. I can respect that because I did a musical, and the first day of rehearsal, they were very proud to tell us that they had provided lunch. And when you give lunch to an actor, oh my God. Yeah. So they had put up together this really nice area where they put out chairs and tablecloths and flowers. It was kind of nirvana and crazy awesome. So they had all the, these chicken meals for us. It was vegetarian. It was vegan. <sighs> it was past vegetarian. Oh. It was vegan. And they fed us every day. So we all ate the first couple of days. And then we started sneaking away to McDonald's. And that's where I met Adam Pascal from from Rent. Because he was over at McDonald's and we all kind of were hiding out together. Nice. That's not... You can't say food and then do that. No, well, no. We worked for Disney Cruise Line. I don't know if I told the story in the air. But when we, when we were ate in the crew mess, you'd go there one day and you'd eat chicken. Yay! Then you'd go there the next day and you'd eat barbecue chicken. Okay. <laughs> then the next day you'd eat barbecue chicken curry. And you'd, this is the same damn chicken. <laughs> oh, man. And that's not 40 years of independent filmmaking. Like that's, right. that's, that's Disney. Right. That's and Disney. you still get what you get because it's a cruise line, you know? Yep. The food travels down and you're, uh, and you're on the bottom. So we we were able to interview uh, Lloyd because he's super cool and accessible. And I called him just out of the nowhere and he was super nice to me. What is it like for him to give you direction? What is that like? What do they have script wise when they start? Um, well, that was that was one of the things I saw the interview you guys did with him, and one of the moments that I laughed out loud was when he said they're working on the script and they haven't quite gotten it, you yeah. know, good enough yet. And <laughs> I absolutely cracked up because <laughs> when we started shooting Citizen Toxie, the script was one version and it changed every single day, usually at least twice a day. And what we ended up with was nothing like what we started with, and so. My thought was, you know, when he said that on your interview, I was like, you don't need a script. Come on. <laughs> you need a rough outline. True independence. That's right. exactly. Roma. Independent of scripts. Yes. <laughs> he's he's crazy. 
Now there's there's a there's a great documentary. I think it's called All the Love You Can. Have you seen that? C A N N. I haven't seen that one yet. And it's about trauma in uh, in the Cannes Film Festival and how they advertise their movies by staging I don't know massacres in the street and just whatever they can do to get a camera yeah. on them. They called with... it this year. I think Occupy Occupy Can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and do, did you do any promotions with them on any of these crazy things they're um, going to do? No, they. Uh, the one thing that I was I was scheduled to do was the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade because <laughs> we had finished shooting. Um, we did. Uh, we shot in uh, late September and October, and uh, we came out here and shot uh, a day at the Playboy Mansion, which was pretty fun. Oh, bummer! Yeah, um, you got to do what you got to do for your art. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then shortly thereafter, it was it was uh, that was the beginning of November, and then the Thanksgiving Parade was right around the corner. So. They said, hey, we're going to be in the Macy's Parade. Do you want to be in it? And I was like, sure, that'd yeah. be great. Why not? So, exactly. You know, it's, come on, it's, a, it's, a, it's an icon. It's an American icon thing. <laughs> and uh, I, I was in the office for something, and they handed me this envelope. And they were like, oh, here's the uh, information for the parade. And it was sealed. It was like a sealed envelope from Macy's. And I was like, wow, that's, that's fancy. And I opened it up, and it was all the instructions for the company, like – your performer need you know you need to bring your performer here you need to do this you need to do this and everything else and i was like wait a minute if you guys are giving me this it means you haven't looked at it and it means that what you just want me to to show up at the beginning of the parade and then what walk the five mile route by myself <laughs> nobody tried to tiny ropes to you did they <laughs> <laughs> like, okay and then a bunch of then a bunch of small people are holding the yeah, That's right, yeah. This guy's not floating. I don't know. <laughs> Jump higher. Jump higher. <laughs> no, yeah, oh, so. I want to play a little game. Um, Uh-oh. And you can answer last. But okay. do you guys know, Lee, Karen, Adam, your degrees from Kevin Bacon? Oh, no. My own degree? Oh, I don't. I appeared in a in a, I never in thought a of movie it. called Project Viper on Sci-Fi Channel with Teresa. Mine are going to be right through you, Teresa Russell. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so one whatever, more than what I got uh, with Teresa Russell, and she. Well, I appeared in the movie. Like I was going to say, I was in a movie with her. Is that why you come over often? Yeah. <laughs> so often you won't notice. <laughs> Every time our new bit, I think I feel a bit coming up. Uh-huh. Oh, I like it. Um, and so, and then she was in Wild Things with Kevin Bacon. So that's what oh, I got. Tere- awesome. Meet a Teresa Russell to Kevin Bacon. So, so what is that? Is that one? That's a two. That's a two. That's a two. So, yep. so it's two people, including Kevin Bacon. That yep. means we'd like to clock in at three. But I might have either, he's got to know Tom Berenger and or Sybil Shepherd. Those would be my two biggest high profile people. So figure out how he knows them, and then that's me. Okay. Kevin Actually, Bacon. if you go on IMDb Pro... Oh, your that. Kevin, your bacon number is actually listed. Uh, what? It, it really is. It really Holy is. crap! I love checking into IMDb for myself and seeing how I'm trending. Uh, like I'm down twenty percent from last week. How the hell did that happen? You know what? I, I pulled up the dictionary.com app and it has trending words. No, I don't want to get into oh, a new oh, thing. Yeah. Right. But anyway, how is the thing. doing? Is the uh, doing all right? The is down. Oh, the is God. down. Yeah. <laughs> Bad week for modifiers. Are we getting research on my? Uh... Yep. Oh, thank you. Oh, okay. Sweet. Dave's. Uh, Bacon number? Uh, 0.5. What? He uh, stole his wallet. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that actually... Uh, Been that, running around as Kevin Bacon throughout <laughs> Europe for the last three years. That's that's actually where it comes from. Uh, oh, that's so awesome. Um, in the uh, the summer blockbuster, RIPD, which I haven't checked, but it's it's cleaning up, right? It's beating <laughs> Oh, everybody. yeah. Wow. You'll be back for the <laughs> next one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, somebody has um, it. Uh, with my friend Ryan Reynolds. 
By the way, nice chatter about him, guys. We love him. I didn't say a word. Have you heard uh, something? You didn't defend him, did you? No. Did you? Did you? Guess no, you didn't. Crazy. I've always found him I, charming I used to look like him. and engaging. <laughs> he is. He is both of those. No, you did work with Ryan Reynolds on RIPD. Now, what did yeah. you play in R- RIPD? And Kevin Bacon. So uh, and go, Kevin right? Bacon. Uh, I was oh, yes. um, several of the bad guys. Uh, if people have seen the movie, no, most notably, I was the giant fat one. Shocker. No, 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 no. It's it's the magic but, of but, Hollywood. But you had uh, yeah, but you they had a choice. They still made you the uh, uh, I was actually in a fat suit. That's how oh, that's, that's how cool. fat I was. Um, so it was a special effect. They originally cast a little person. Yeah. Practical. That's right. Yeah, they talked <laughs> about trading me out. Yeah. Um, actually, no. It was uh, it was CG. So I was wearing a fat suit, and then over it, I had a motion capture suit. So a gray cool. suit with all the markers on it, and um, I did some running around and no, trying no, to no, not Kevin get hit by cars. Okay. So so wallet. also in this movie. Um, and really, I don't want to explain why because you know it might spoil it for some of the viewers <laughs> who are going to go see the movie uh, sometime. Okay, yeah. uh, you find out. For, well, actually, it's not that much of a spoiler because you find out fairly early on that Kevin Bacon is a bad guy. Uh, so they don't show it in the ads. But well, for the record, he was a great bad guy in X Men First Class. Oh, sure, he, yes, he's he so was. good. He, that. He's good he at that kind of thing. That's true. Um, and so at one point. He something happens to him, and he literally becomes me. Um, cool. And uh, so we came out. We were doing this this stunt with uh, Stephanie, who's the uh, who plays Ryan Reynolds' wife in the role er, in the movie. And sadly, due to some of the the way the the movie evolved, that's kind of all she is. It's really like there's the wife. The end. Um, but uh, anyway, she was she was a sweetheart. She was fun to work with, and we're doing this whole stunt sequence where she gets pulled upside down in the air and everything else. And so Kevin is wearing these rock star like like mid eighties Gene Simmons boots, awesome, and his and his mocap suit, and he's got the spindliest little legs you've ever seen. But anyway, um, and so we were you know we're we I walked out on set and to be him, and I said, say, uh, what does this do for my bacon number? Because not only am I in the same movie with you, I mean, yeah. when you're in the movie with him, but you're the your bacon number becomes right? one. Yeah, yeah, but I'm playing the same character. That's so cool. And he goes, well, I guess it'd be zero, right? And I was like, well, no, because that's just you. I mean, I can't yeah. be you. <laughs> and he goes, I'm going to say it's 0.5. And I was like, okay, I'll take that. And he goes, but I'm not the authority on it. I didn't make it up or anything. And he's like trying to backpedal. I was like, no, no, that's cool. I'll take it. I'll take 0.5. It's cool. I love that he was so welcoming of the dialogue. Yeah. Like he, oh yeah, just, yeah. He has this question put to him all the time. So what's my what's my bacon number, Kevin? Now that I'm yeah. meeting you, I'm shaking your hand. Where yeah, am that's I now? One. That's one. Well, right, yeah. but that's almost like you. He assigned you your number. It's he like did. you can imagine a world where Kevin Bacon assigned everybody their number. Like I gotta go see Kevin Bacon today to get my number. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I hope six I, is still available. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think the corollary to that though is that some some nerd in some you know in his mother's basement somewhere is like, damn it, I'm the one who assigns the numbers. <laughs> He's like pissed been off overruled. about it. Yeah, that's right. Usurped. Exactly. So his David Maddie number is 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. That's oh, right. that's so cool. Oh, that's Kevin Bacon's got a high that's David Maddie yeah. number. Yes. Really cool. Is that reflected on IMDb Pro? The point no, uh, not yet. No, uh, unfortunately. I would um, lobby for that hard I'm, and soon. I yeah. am going to. Uh, the IMDb is actually kind of crappy about that when it comes to stunts because if you work stunts, they don't really count it as. Working on a movie. I don't know why. But Dude, you get paid. That's and right. And you get your insurance eventually, right? Absolutely. I, I got my Casting and stunts the next Oscars they should have, in my opinion. That's true. Thank you. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I do agree. But with they that. have it in the SAG Awards, so they're, 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 they're getting it right. Yeah. Everyone else will follow suit soon enough. Yep. Speaking of stunts. Okay. You did stunts, and this should excite Adam. Adam, are you looking up your IMDb Pro yes. number? <laughs> yes. Uh, your Kevin Bacon number? You have to have IMDb Where Pro. Oh, I don't know. Okay, no wonder. <laughs> um... 
But I wanted to talk I'm Thor. only in one movie. <laughs> I want to talk Thor because Adam's a huge uh, Yes, who uh, are you in Thor? Um, I am uh, actually, uh, you don't see me on screen. Um, because Even I'm in a lot of those Are you a, are you a yes. Frost Giant? Frost Giant. That's my guess. I get uh, cast as that guy all the time. I was I was actually brought in to be a Frost Giant originally. Sweet. Um, I was there for the the first day of of stunt rehearsals. Um, it was actually really kind of funny because uh, my wife and I had just gotten back from a vacation and uh, we talked about getting a puppy and I was like, well, you know, I got nothing on the horizon right now. Now's a good time to get a puppy. I got the time to spend with it. So we go. We do some research during the week and on Friday we go and we pick up our new puppy. And uh, <laughs> Friday, we, we come home with the puppy, and 30 seconds later, my phone rings, and it's the assistant to the coordinator of this thing, and she says, hey, can you come in for a, stunt rehe- or for a fight rehearsal tomorrow? I was like, sure. So I went in, and we didn't know what it was. We didn't know what we were doing, where we were doing anything, and uh, that began uh, almost five months of work on Thor. <laughs> wow. So... <laughs> The puppy learned to get potty trained. Yes, but it became entirely my wife's job. Yeah, and uh, and the puppy now loves your mommy or your mommy. It's mommy, which is your wife. No, no, she she loves me more. Why? Um, How'd that happen? Because I would come home and every day she'd be like, "You're home, oh, thanks." And this. he withheld love. Oh, that's right. Oh, that um, that's how it works. And, yeah, and oh, <laughs> well, and she's you know the the dog is giant. She's a hundred pounds, so we wrestle. Perfect. Yeah. So. Do you have a picture on your phone? I, I think we're all missing the big but my picture. Phone's way over. Oh, all right. Four. After all, oh, four. Right. Sorry. Uh, Karen, stop usurping the doggy guys show. Hollywood extravagance. He worked for five yes. months and he's not in the movie. Right. Uh, <laughs> this is true. The the full name is Thor uh, Shadenstein Lipschitz, I believe. Um, yes. Yeah. That's right. And, uh, I, think that was the, I think that's correct. Yes, uh, that's right. Excellent. And uh, well, what happened was I, I was doing uh, fight rehearsal and. There were a bunch of us who were in as uh, as frost giants, and we had this whole massive fight scene that we were working on, and uh, we did it for months and months and months. And there were several different sequences of fights we were working on. And uh, actually, prior to that, I had read for Volstag. Um, Is that the uh, the Ray? Yeah. What's his name? Firestone? No, yeah. that's the sports uh, guy. Ray Winstone. No. Uh, maybe. Ray Bradbury. What the hell's his name? He was the pun- Punisher. <laughs> that guy? Yeah. That yeah. Guy. Okay. Yeah. Ray Stevenson. Ray Stevenson. Thank you. Thank Jamie you. Clark. Yelpington. Wow, that was good. I'd... That was my head. Uh, <laughs> nice. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Um, and then I, and then while we were doing the fights, they called me in to read for a couple different S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and that kind of stuff. And and when the whole Frost Giant thing was getting ready to shoot, they were like, okay, Dave, we're going to do, we're going to use you separately. We're going to use you for this other fight. And I said, great. So we rehearsed this other fight sequence, and it was this whole thing in the... Uh, the tube that was mm-hmm. the 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 set that was built around the hammer where it was stuck in the ground, mm-hmm. and um, we did a, a bunch of great stunt things and a couple different fight sequences and it was a lot of fun. And then they said, "Okay, we're going to be shooting on it in a couple weeks." So every, I went away, and uh, a couple weeks later, somebody called me up and said, "Hey, you got a fitting on Monday?" Went to the fitting on Monday. They said, uh, "I went home." They they called me again. They said, "We need you again on Friday." I said, "Okay." Went in on Friday for another fitting. Came they, back from they, the fitting. Where they dress you up as? A shield agent. Okay. Um, Let's just be honest. Does it sometimes take two fittings anyway? Yes. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Um, A tall man. Especially when there's numbers written down. (laughs) Yeah. Because invariably somebody picks picks it up and goes, wait, that can't be right. (laughs) (laughs) Get it back here on Friday. (laughs) They must mean 510. (laughs) (laughs) That can't be right. That's not right, no. So so the the night before I was supposed to shoot, uh, the stunt coordinator called me and he said, uh, you know, I'm, I I wanted to call you personally, and I'm just uh, really sorry, but uh, they want to 
have your part be an African American. And I was like, okay. Dude, you can play African American. That's what I thought. Right? You're you know, talking about that main shield guy fight? Yeah, the that the, that dude ended up that, yeah. that was a big fight. Oh, that was, was a big shame, fight, man. And and actually, yeah. the actual fight was about three times longer. Oh, wow. And they they cut it. Um, you know, and it was my friend Jamal who ended up doing it. But you know, still you're know, like, okay, I'm finally getting to be on camera this week. Here we go. We're oh, gonna wow. do this awesome fight in the rain and everything else. And it was kind of like, dude, you would have fought Ooh. Thor. Yep. Um, but I mean, you know, we still did that in the in the rehearsals and everything else, and got to play with Chris, and he was cool and. Here's something kind of cool that I learned from Adam Pascal is whenever you have a certain part and you rehearse it and then for some reason they just take a couple lines away or they say, okay, we're just going to cut that, you get a pay raise because you are getting really? paid. You get, you're being paid the <laughs> same into that. for less work. That's oh, I see. I see. Oh. Goes, okay. that's He puts the positive spin yeah, on it. He's like, oh, that's good. good. Upgrade. But you were getting at paid for the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That, that's a day rate or whatever yeah definitely okay. yeah, Dude, that's the perfect thing because if someone says how was the fight and you'd be like I was awesome yeah. they have no idea you'd be like I was great <laughs> I didn't screw up anything exactly hey, Tony could have lied to us well, well, I, yeah I was the thing I was the destructor thing the metal right. that well, came well, in <laughs> it was blue and you didn't all the motion capture you could have told us you were the black guy yeah that's true, <laughs> that's true. That's we true. wouldn't have known he was an actual Computer. actor named Jamal yeah. yeah that's right now here's a question do they really need to put motion capture suits on a guy who's six foot ten can't you just put it on a guy who's five foot whatever and make him huge shut up don't tell them absolutely not no that never works it never works it always looks wrong oh you're right it will look Um, fakey never mind they don't generally get the mass right when they do that um uh okay so i got i think we should get time for one more story because because i you told me you had a story i haven't heard it so it's exciting it involves uh lee's shirt there right yes indeed it's uh Oh no, not the dude, just Lee's shirt. Oh, I was, okay. I was rubbing it on myself earlier. Um, Did you know? Comfortable. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yeah. um, first time in prison. Um, no, so you played that guy before I could tell. I, yeah, I have. A little too close I to home. <laughs> what movie did you play that guy in? Oh my god, the list is too long. Um, Hancock. I, I was Hancock for for one. Um, I was actually when I was living in New York. Real quick, I just. I, I booked a job. I was doing soaps, a lot of soap stuff in of New York. Of course you were. Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> I booked this gig and I called my parents and I was like, hey, I got this thing on that, that thing on Young and I'm Restless. And uh, my dad answered the phone and I have three engineering degrees. So my Can dad. You drive trains? Uh, yes, I could drive right. the choo choo. <laughs> um, and so my dad goes, oh, let me guess, you're an engineer. And I was like, no, no, dad, I'm not. <laughs> And he goes, I know, you're a particle physicist. I'm like, no, dad, I'm not. And he goes, you're a surgeon. And I was like, no, I'm not. And there's this long pause, and he goes, you're in prison again, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I was literally playing a guy's worst nightmare. But anyway, I, I was. He was in court. Like thinking about his future, and it was with him coming to prison and meeting me. So it was fun. Um, but anyway, the dude, uh, RIPD. Um, yeah, there's a sequence where that involves uh, an elevator that is incredibly fast in the movie. We spent a day on top of the elevator uh, shooting it, so it's amazing how quick things go by. But uh, in this sequence, uh, the gag is that my monster has uh, jumped down an elevator shaft, uh, knocked a door into the elevator shaft, which punches a hole in the top of an elevator. Ryan Reynolds comes into the building sees the elevator, runs into it, looks up, and shoots the uh, brake system. So the elevator goes shooting up through the elevator shift, uh, up, up through the elevator shaft. Doesn't really happen that way. 
Okay. Sounds, so, um, sounds unsafe. I'm sure there's yes, laws. It does if you're Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> That's right. Willing suspension of disbelief. Anyway, so um, so he's shooting upwards, and my character lands on top of the of the elevator, and I have this uh, metal aluminum case in my hand, and we're fighting for it. And as the elevator goes past where I jumped in, Jeff Bridges jumps on top of me. Cool. And eventually the thing pops through the, the roof of the building. And I go flying and then run away and almost get hit by cars and fun stuff like that. Uh, so we're shooting this whole bit on the, on the elevator. And the way the elevator set is built, it's on a green screen. And there's a giant bar mounted on the side of it. And then there are these two big motors that just vibrate the whole elevator. And it's a real elevator. And they've really punched a hole in the top. And uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a big, dirty thing. It's like they took an elevator from somewhere. And <laughs> nothing clean about it and everything else. So uh, if, you, if you're on top of the thing, there's really no good place to be because there's a giant hole in the middle of it. Oh, right. And there's motors that op- operate the door, and there's things that hold cables and all this other crap. And so when you're on top of it, if you lean the wrong way, you fall about 10 feet through oh. the middle of it to the floor of the elevator. If you lean the the other way the other way, or the wrong way the other way, you fall off the edge of it. Oh, that sounds so safe. And yeah, and you land about you fall about 15 feet oh. and land on the concrete floor. So either way is a bad option. Um, Did anyone think about bringing a gym mat? <laughs> <laughs> it, it had no, to be I, green. What are those? <laughs> Those ones you used to tumble on yeah. in the sixth grade. They were about this um, thick. Yeah. I blame Ryan Reynolds for blowing a hole in the top of that <laughs> elevator. Actually, anyway. it was my character who made the hole. But oh, okay. Oh, okay we so, so we're shooting this thing, and I'm laying on top of the elevator. It's incredibly uncomfortable. And uh, Jeff, there's a part where it's just me. There's a part where it's me and uh, Jeff's character Roy. And the first part of it, uh, Jeff's stunt double, uh, who's a who's an old friend of mine, Vince Dedrick Jr. He uh, He's up there with me, and he is doing a really good job of looking like he's leaning on me, but not really because he's a stunt guy, and so he's supporting his own weight, but he looks like he's leaning on me. And I'm kind of bridging this gap, and the whole thing is shaking, and we're doing this whole thing. And after a couple of takes, Vince goes, oh, jeez. Oh, boy. And I'm like, what's the matter? And he goes, I'm really sorry, dude. This is like gurgling stuff loose in me because I got a fart. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, oh, dude, it's okay. You know, we're old friends. I was like, just yeah. go ahead. And so he was like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, good. Vince, jeez, come on. He didn't say multiples. So, right. so then after a while, he he has to he leaves to get Jeff ready, and they do my bit solo. And then Jeff comes up, <laughs> and he lands on top of me. Oh, no. And he, his version is completely different. His version is like, catch me. Oh, no. So he just sort of plops on top of me. And I'm almost positive he had just finished an onion sandwich before he came up. Because he was like red onion, like right there. And his face was about here. So uh, we're, you know, very close to each other. And we, we start shooting for a little while. And he starts giggling. Like a little kid. Like, <laughs> and And I'm like, well, what's, you all right, Jeff? And he's like, yeah. And he starts giggling again. And right about that time, they realize that he's not wearing his holster. So he has to put his holster on. Well, he's got a jacket that he has to take off to put his holster on, and there's no safe place for him to do it on top of this elevator. Oh, no. And it's a kind of a big issue to get him down to do it. So he's trying to figure out where to go, and I'm kind of holding him in place, and he starts giggling again. And he goes, Big Dave, can I, uh, can I sit here? And he pats my ass. <laughs> and I'm like, 
Yeah, yeah, sure, Jeff. Go ahead. Whatever you got to do. And so he swings the leg over me, giggling the whole time. And takes his jacket off, and he puts his holster on. He puts his jacket back on, giggling the whole time. And he goes, uh, hey, uh, I got a fart. <laughs> and I'm like, just, just go ahead, let her rip. <laughs> and so he's sitting on me like I'm a horse, sitting on my ass, and <laughs> he lets one rip. And you? giggling the I... whole time. And so... So then we go, then after a little while, we break for lunch, and I'm like, this is good. <laughs> I had an Oscar winner fart on me. Yeah. Cool. Nice. And uh, we go to lunch, and I go through the lunch line, and I turn around, and I'm looking for a place to sit. And Jeff is sitting at the end of a table, and across from him is his daughter, who's his, his assistant. And to her left is Vince, is his stunt double, and there's a, an empty seat here. And Jeff is turned around 180 degrees in his seat, looking back at the lunch line. And as I come through the line, he's like, Big Dave, come here, come here, come here. And he calls me over and he pats the seat. He says, come on, sit down. And so I sit down and we, we're, eating, we're eating lunch. And, he, and he's like, I got to tell you guys, there's something with that shake and that vibration. Because it knocks something loose. And I had the worst gas. And I had to fart. And I, had to, I farted on Big Dave. And Vince goes, so did I. And I was like, well, I got to tell you, Vince, when you went down the ladder getting Jeff ready and I was up there all by myself... I let one rip. <laughs> Would have vibrated the whole studio. We better check the green screen paint to make sure it's not coming off the walls after mine. So, uh, so I got farted on. I by have to commend winner. you on that because I, I know people that don't like Jeff it Bridges. when you fart on their sofa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. farting on you. Well, you know, at this point, you know, you're you're wearing a mocap. You're wearing a fat suit covered by a mocap suit, and you're sweaty and trying to hang on to the top of an elevator. It's kind of. But I, I can never as, have as much respect for any other celebrity encounter because he because Jeff Bridges farted on you. Yeah, yeah that's, that's just great. In a movie called awesome. Ripped. <laughs> right. <laughs> and with that. So, all right, let me uh, mention a couple of things. Then we got to get the birthdays here real quick. But uh, you got a new project coming up called Strange Nature? Yes. Uh, it's an eco horror film. Uh, my friend Jim Ojala, who actually Jim and I met on the on Citizen Toxie, the Toxic Avenger Part 4, cool. many nice. years ago. Building, something building years ago. industry relations. <laughs> exactly. Trauma. Uh, Trauma. Building yes. Poor Jim. Poor Jim had to crawl under my armpit every day and do makeup in my armpit Aww. and uh, and then remove it at the end of a long 18-hour stinky, sweaty day. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Jim is an independent filmmaker, make makeup effects artist, and uh, he's doing this film. And it it's it's actually about um, real-life frog deformities that are occurring in Minnesota. Mm. And uh, they found these populations of frogs where up to 70% of the population has these incredible deformities, three, four legs and... Bunch of eyes and all kinds of creepy, creepy stuff. Wow. And they did a bunch of news about it, and then it disappeared from the news. Mm -hmm. And the problem has continued, and it's continued to spread. And so this movie is actually looking at what if it were to continue to spread to and start to go to other species, yeah. and maybe even humans. And it's a really cool uh, concept. The script is great. Uh, I think Jim, you got like what's it called? One day on Kickstarter left before, and they're, they're trying to fund the they've, thing. Yeah, they've so, got a secondary uh, thing that's coming up as well. So, okay. so uh, it's strange nature, strange, strange nature on Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Yep. Yeah, and the aforementioned Carlos Alazraki is actually signed to be on it as well. Oh yes, so. the, the Taco Bell guy. That's right. All right, and if you <laughs> want to see some of Dave's best prison work, check out Hancock, because <laughs> we haven't had enough stories about his ass. We'll spare you that one, except that Hancock says. If, what, if you don't leave me alone, I'm going to take that guy and shove him up your ass. That's right. <laughs> and, and then he uh, does. And then he does. <laughs> and uh, that's that's always a fun one trying to explain it to people because for some reason people can't remember me in the movie. 
And I'm like, I shot the lead female with a shotgun, and they're like, no, I don't remember that. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm the tallest guy in a movie by like a lot. And they're like, no, no yeah, idea. And I was okay. like, I was in the prison scene. No. I got a head shoved up my ass. Oh, yeah, you're that good. <laughs> I totally remember this guy now. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. That's what I'm saying. Totally. And, of course, check out the Steam Room, which you can see where? Uh, on I, iTunes. I think we're watching it right now. That's right. This, it's it's a little hot in here. It's, a little, it's August. Oh, yeah, come on. Yeah, can't <laughs> um, uh, Steam Room is on iTunes and all kinds of... Uh, it's on Amazon Prime, and uh, you can oh, get it, we have rent it or see it on Amazon, or you can... Uh, and that's uh, a Don Flaherty film. film. Yep, Don Flaherty. And I'm actually, uh, we're in post on his next film called Brutal, which is completely different than The Steam Room. Um, it's a uh, sci-fi mixed martial arts thing with a bunch of guys, a couple guys beating the shit. But The Steam Room, yeah, like you say, is, is is you as an actor. Yes, and it's one of the few times I actually get to play a nice guy, which is cool. Uh, not a monster. You are a nice guy, so that's well, it must have been easy to play. Thanks. You're just saying that because you were bashing on my friend Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> oh, just me. Ryan Reynolds and is the Earth. greatest actor ever. <laughs> He's awesome. <laughs> uh, all right, so He's a fine uh, human being, though, I will say that. Let's um, have you uh, stick around, sure Dave, and join us here as we turn things over to Karen as we celebrate those right. who celebrate birthdays in the movies. <laughs> all right. So. Our birthdays this week is Howard Stern sidekick Robin Quivers, who turns 60 but can play anywhere from a 36 double D to a 34 G. Robin Quivers has often been referred to as the ultimate good sport as she laughs and plays along with her co-host and a room full of male comedians. God, how did she do it? <laughs> In her 30 plus years of the show, she has seen more naked breasts than most porn directors have seen in their whole careers. Lately, Robin has been rumored to be fighting cancer, having a grapefruit-sized tumor removed from her bladder. But that has not kept her from the show. An ISDN line was installed in her apartment, and she does the show remotely. I only wonder if they send over naked ladies to make her feel more comfortable. So that is our uh, first birthday is Robin Quivers. Not my favorite part of the show, but man, it wouldn't be the show without her. Yeah. I think Howard also says that he would not do the show if she wasn't there. All right. No, it's he said that numerous times. Yeah. Something about the fact that she and... and uh, Fred have to be there in order for him to feel comfortable. Yep. Yes. Yeah, Fred, Fred might be one of my favorite parts of that. Show. Yeah. <laughs> Robin's news kind of drives me crazy because uh, it's as if she's hearing the news for the first time as well. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it came in on some kind of ticker, but you yeah. wouldn't know it sometimes. No, you yeah. wouldn't know that anybody perhaps had shown it to her ahead of time. <laughs> and happy birthday to another cancer survivor, Dustin Hoffman, hmm. who turns 75 but can play anywhere from male to female. This is also news, right? Yes. Uh, just today, I think, yesterday or today, they just said that he, sur he survived happily some sort of cancer removal, but they didn't say what kind of cancer. So, I don't know. It's cancer time, apparently, for birthdays. Yikes. However, here's a little fun fact about Dustin Hoffman. He started off his acting career in L.A. after he flunked out of City College. That is awesome. Wow. There's something oh. great about that. He went on to study acting at the Pasadena Playhouse and then promptly flunked out after three classes. Yes. Wow. So he and his friend who Two he met Oscars. at the Pasadena Playhouse, yeah. Gene Hackman, they moved together to New York City to see what they could do there. And he lived with Gene Hackman in a one-bedroom apartment and slept on the kitchen floor until Gene said he would help him find somewhere else to live. Well, they moved next door to Mel Brooks in New York. And then, I know, it's amazing when you hear this. Wow. You're like, when's that going to happen to me? He lives next door to Mel Brooks, who says, I would like you to play Franz Lipkin in The Producers. But just as Hoffman was going to do that, he was offered the role of Ben Braddock in The Graduate, 
which was also co-starring Albert Brooks' wife, Anne Bancroft. Mel Brooks. Mel, whoops, yes. sorry. Both brilliant. Brilliant, yes. Brooks's. <laughs> Hoffman asked to be let out of his contract, and so the role of Liber... Lieb, ah. Liebkind. Liebkind. It's German. Who went... Who do you know who it went to? I do. You do. Anybody else? Kenneth Mars. Kenneth Mars, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's a good role. But, of course, in the role of a giant movie star, went to Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> and that reminds me that I have not seen The Graduate, so I have to add oh, that to my list. First 20 minutes of that yes. movie, I will put up against almost any art film. That really? is one of the most brilliantly directed 20 minutes of film that exists. Really? I just watched it again recently. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Mike Nichols directs the shit out of the first, at least the first 20 minutes of that movie is kind of different from the rest of it once it gets into the Mrs. Robinson stuff. But all the way through the first, the leg shot and all that sort of stuff. He's got an Oscar, right, Jamie? Holy hell. Mike Nichols? But I mean, no? it's it doesn't just, seem right if he list. doesn't. It just take another look at the graduate if you haven't seen it in a while. I he directs the know. shit out of that movie. It's crazy. Hey, put that on your list. Honey. I know. I'll yeah. put that on after. And then, lastly, happy birthday to the late Lucille Ball, who passed away in 1988, uh, 89 at the age of 77, but could play anywhere from ditzy blonde to ditzy redhead. Now, Paul and I, we had a comedy show called Preston and Volpe, and we performed in the very first Lucille Ball Festival of New Comedy. We were both like 20 or something crazy, 22. And we performed in that show, which is in my hometown of Jamestown, New York. And then also in 1989, I was attending a junior college, and they um, told us that Lucille Ball was going to come back for graduation. And I was like, this is awesome. And they also told us that if you played an instrument in the band, you would get to meet her. So I hadn't played the clarinet for years because I hated playing the clarinet. And I was like, I will play the clarinet in the concert band. So I pulled out the clarinet. I practiced. It was going along swimmingly, and then uh, a month before she was supposed to come, she passed away. But I couldn't get out of plan at the damn graduation. So I had to show up at the graduation. (laughs) I know. And therefore, Lucy got the last laugh. So those are my birthdays. She showed you. She showed me. Excellent. Oscar winner. Mike Nichols? Mike Nichols? For what? Not Lucy Ball. Uh, No. He did win for the graduation. He won for the graduation. Because he didn't win Best Picture, so I wasn't sure. Sometimes they split it up. Wait, you do it. How often the planes go over? <laughs> so often you won't even notice. Until <laughs> we stop and make a bit right. about it. <laughs> Which we will do now. We will do. Uh, Karen, thank you very much. I never knew yes. that story about Lucille Ball with you. Yeah. I, you learned something new uh, even in this uh, 10 years of marriage. <laughs> Strangely. Wow. You guys are keeping it fresh in terms of old pop stars. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, that is, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, there, do you have another show? That's it. That's the showcast, ladies and gentlemen. Nailed it. Um, You think we nailed it? I think so, yeah. I think we nailed it. Uh, Together, we are the Movie Guys. Individually, we are. Adam Preston. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at The Movie Guys, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys, as well as on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, Google+. Uh, Thanks to Dave Maddy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Jamie Clark Elvington, keeping our shit together. And, of course, Steve Scholes for writing contributions he makes to the show every week. And remember, you can follow everything we're doing, including our new report from the floor of Comic-Con with photos and one-line jokes on uh, themovieguys.net. Thanks for listening. Thank you. At BigDaveMatty.com. Follow us on Twitter. It's quicker. <laughs>